0: The Geek Therapy Network is holding a special giveaway where you can win two games from Megacat Studios on retro cartridges, one for SNES and one for Sega Genesis. One of the games is called Fork Parker's Crunch Out, and it's a collaboration between Megacat, Devolver Digital, and Take This, with part of the proceeds going to support Take This's ongoing mental health efforts in the gaming community. Visit geektherapy.com giveaway to enter. You can learn more about the game at megacatstudios.com. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. My name is Josue Cardona with Laura Taylor. Hey. And Lauren Keller.
1: Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna one up me with the hey.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I was
1: number two, so I did twice.
0: <laughs> Makes sense.
1: <laughs> if
2: only Ali was here to do hey, hey, hey.
0: You know he would have. Yeah.
2: He so would have.
0: <laughs> Ali's not here with us, but he will be here next week. Uh, so before we get started, I want to thank uh, we have a new patron. Hey, Rob, thank you. Thank you so much for your support. It's uh, so awesome. You too can become a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon and get access to all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, just visit patreon.com geektherapy. And speaking of, uh, earlier today I had a, I was able to do a presentation. I was on a panel at a Comic-Con, and I was on the panel with Gail Simone. Ooh, ooh. It was pretty great. Uh, it was pretty great. It's like, you know, like you have somebody, you have a special guest on, And you kind of, you hope that they say certain things. She said all the right things. Oh, it was really (laughs) good. So um, I've decided I'm going to make panels and presentations and things we do uh, like that from now on. Just put them uh, on the Patreon and make them uh, Patreon exclusive. So our new patron, Rob, gets to listen to that. And uh, you can too for just a... Just a
2: dollar a month, right?
0: Just a dollar a month. Yep. (laughs) So it is Mental Health Month. Happy Mental Health Month, everybody! <laughs> happy con- Mental Health Month. <laughs> We're continuing. You don't. You don't say happy ha- Happy Mental Health Month to people. No. No, I do. <laughs> I do. Everybody should. And we're continuing our Mental Health Month celebration uh, with a few different things. We've done a few cool things. Um, right now we have another giveaway. This one is gaming-related, and we're also doing a fundraiser on our Twitch. So check that out, twitch.tv slash geektherapy. Uh, and here on JC Radio, we've been doing uh, a series on mental health words, words that are related to mental health but aren't necessarily used in that context outside of the field you know, just in, in everyday use and in media. So this week we're going to talk about ADHD and eating disorders. Uh, this was going to be a pretty personal one for me because I've had diagnoses of both of these things. So let's see how this goes. <laughs> let's see how much I'm willing to share. All right, so let's start with ADHD. Uh, any thoughts on ADHD? The word, first of all. <laughs> right, like it's one of those things where people uh, talk about ADHD, they say that people have ADHD when they're like, what? What? How do you usually hear that word used?
2: When kids are hyperactive.
0: When kids are being kids.
2: When kids are being kids, exactly. When but kids they don't say do what their hyper- parents tell yeah. them. Yeah. When they're when they're not sitting in their chair in class for eight hours a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they can't go outside because recess got cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much uh, <laughs> how it goes. And of course, this one. Uh, ADHD is complicated to talk about mm-hmm. because there are people who in the mental health field who talk about how ADHD doesn't even exist, and at the same time, you have ADHD meds are overprescribed. I mean, I, I believe that I'm in that camp where I believe that it's overprescribed, and and, and I, I believe that in part because there's a lot of behavioral intervention that can happen, mm-hmm. um, that can that can be very helpful. And the examples that you gave, like certain settings are just not designed really well for for people to focus and 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 be able to to thrive. And unfortunately, we we label people who who sometimes can't do that as a uh, having ADHD, you know, society at large, even when we know that there is it's an actual diagnosis. But it's so controversial a diagnosis. Do you have any experience with that at work? At work
2: Typically, I get a lot of kids that are, I see them, they've been given an ADHD diagnosis in combination with something else, when actually it's a trauma response, Mm -hmm. Um, or there are chemical issues with having been exposed to drugs in utero. I have experience with seeing kids that definitely can use just behavioral interventions help. Um, and I've also seen kids where the medication does help. Um, and I've seen kids where parents will give the kids medication and they're, Oh, they're getting better and take them off of it. And then it causes issues, not just because necessarily it's the medication, but it's the up and down of having it and then not having it. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of different camps. I kind of sit in the middle where um it is a real I feel like it's a real diagnosis that is overused um and probably overmedicated. I I agree with that. Um but there are there is a population where it does
1: help.
0: Lauren, any thoughts on ADHD?
1: Yes, but not uh not from a position of <laughs> being <laughs> being any sort of uh person who knows anything that's not me
2: <laughs> well you can, be a, per- you can, you can <laughs> be a person who knows things. i have experience i've worked with people who have adhd and i'm married to someone who has adhd and that's yeah a, that's yeah i mean i
1: <laughs> i have i have you know people in my life who um definitely have attention problems and and some of them use medication and and others uh just are very mindful of when you know when situations are are going to be more difficult for them or what kinds of situations will set off their inability to focus or, or over-focus on the wrong things or what have you. But yeah, it's definitely one of those things. I, I agree with what you guys are saying. It's it's overused, medication is over-prescribed, but it is real and it is something that we need to talk about.
0: So ADHD is, is way more complicated than what I want to get into in this episode. But uh, a few misconceptions, right? So uh, ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. So even though that's the, the, the DSM title for it, it can be with or without hyperactivity, mm-hmm. which is confusing. Uh, also, it used to be called Attention Deficit Disorder, which is why, you know, people still refer to it as ADD, but the DSM changed that. I think it was from three to four. I think it changed- uh, so it wasn't that long. It could have been from two to three. I'm not I, sure.
2: I think it was maybe four to four. To the TR? Really? To the TR. I, think, the TR? I think yeah. so. Because oh. I think I remember okay. uh, yeah. hearing it as ADD when I was in undergrad.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's even more recent. Okay. Yeah. So it used to be with or without hyperactivity. Still is, but we we say ADHD. And again, those symptoms are... one One thing with the DSM is that... Oh, the stupid DSM. So part of it, <laughs> p- part of the diagnosis for a lot of uh, different diagnoses is that the symptoms can't be the cause of something else. That's pretty vague. But it's like, but if you know that the cause of this particular symptom is like, uh, Lara, like you mentioned, right? Like this is a trauma response, then you can't attribute it that to ADHD. That's, that's the way it works, right? Correct me mm. if I'm wrong. That, am I, am I that
2: that is correct, even though it happens anyway.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. For and,
2: complicated reasons that we don't need to get into.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens all the time, right? So so you go for a diagnosis and nobody's like like medical reasons are a huge part of this. Mm-hmm. But most clinicians who are doing a mental health diagnosis aren't also giving you a physical and doing all these sort of all these these other medical exams to rule other things out and, and since you that,
2: may or may not have been to a, a physician to get a, a physical recently
0: so and 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 your physician and your uh, psychiatrist or mental health professional aren't talking to each other either so the odds of that happening are are low for most people, which is very unfortunate. So what ends up happening is the symptoms, you read the symptoms in the DSM and they're like, yep, sounds like, that sounds like uh, ADHD to me. And so a lot of people get it prescribed. I mean, a lot of people get, yeah, that diagnosis and a lot of people get prescribed medication. They don't even get like the behavioral interventions.
2: Yeah, no, a- ADHD is one of those ones where you get the diagnosis and you pretty much get a prescription like right away depending on the doctor depending on the the mental health professional you're going to but most of the time it's kids going to a medical doctor or a psychiatrist cuz their parents are fed up or their teachers are fed up
0: so so let me share my my diagnosis story it's actually the same uh, story for both the eating disorder and ADHD but so I go, um, I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety. So I'm, I'm thinking, listen, I need to go back to to therapy. I haven't been uh, to a therapist in a long time. So I'm working as at this point, I am, I'm already a therapist. Like I'm already working. I have my own private practice. And it, it kind of surprised me, right? When I went to work um, with one clinician for anxiety and he has got to be possibly the worst therapist I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Like he he was explaining like anxiety is my specialty and he's explaining anxiety to me like if I was a child and and he looked bored, he was yawning, like he was, it was he that man was not happy. That yikes. man Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> Big yikes. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: But along the way, I realized like, wait a minute. Yeah, you going into slow motion and breaking it down into its most elemental pieces, not only did it infuriate me, but it also enlightened me on the fact that I really don't have anxiety symptoms. That's not really what's happening, or or at least my anxiety symptoms are very much a symptom caused by something else. And the cause of that is what eventually led me to get a ADHD diagnosis.
2: So how horrible he is actually helped you.
0: It helped me realize (laughs) something. (laughs) Yeah, this is this goes to the point that I usually make that it doesn't matter how bad the clinician is, a lot of them do good just because of the nature of the relationship. Sometimes just talking things out loud can help you reach insights. Mm-hmm. That isn't good therapy, but I mean, but the the experience can be can be helpful. It can be harmful too. But, oh yeah. But you know, it can be. So in this case, really bad therapist helped me reach some insight. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I think I probably need to get tested for ADHD. I never even considered this. But I don't want to diagnose myself, so help me out. He was like yeah well i I'm not an expert in that, so he referred me to someone else so I go to an a d h d expert to do to get a diagnosis and this is two days like an hour and a half each each part uh it's a two part exam uh very very long uh there was one part of it which i I remember very vividly uh it's this like reasoning test, and we had these blocks i'm I'm curious um especially you, Lauren, what this sounds like to you. It's like you have all these blocks and you're doing these puzzles and you're putting them together and the doctor was like timing me and it was like 3D stuff. It was like, it was, how does that sound to you?
1: <laughs> that sounds like a lot of cognitive testing.
0: It was, it was. But it was also a lot of fun for me. It was like a <laughs> lot of fun. You're so, like, hey, it's
1: play therapy. Where's yes. the sand tray?
0: <laughs> yeah so so we go through the test and then my results come back and she's like yeah you don't have adhd i was like she's like yeah no especially on that part with these tests like you were super focused and and super on point point." and i was like but i was i was having so much fun like that's a <laughs> yeah
2: white. you need something <laughs> yeah. that's boring to test you. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so i was like what so then i went for a second opinion and that second opinion was like pretty immediate they were like oh yeah like look at these tests it was it was more digital tests and they were like oh yeah look at this part here look at this here look at this here look at your attention and it was like it was like it fell off a cliff like on this graph (laughs) it was it was incredible they're like oh yeah no no no, definitely uh there's no doubt in in my mind that you could benefit from from some sort of treatment and they practically like they gave me medication that same day it just goes to show you the way that uh, diagnosis is like a weird process, and there's different ways to get to it. And this person who was an expert, I, t- I after that I talked to other people who were ADHD experts, and I told them the story, and they're like, "Yeah, like no, 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 like your symptoms absolutely make sense." And that part of the test, like you enjoying it, and therefore it not being a reflection of the type of thing that is a problem for you, is yeah. <laughs> not, not helpful.
2: Here, let me let you play this video game and <laughs> test you for. <laughs> I'm sure that'll work.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean,
2: it was blocks, but it's the same idea.
0: Yeah. So, so then I, I went and I got a separate test, and uh, you know, ADHD medication is also one of those things that's kind of ADHD medication is abused a lot, right? So it's mm-hmm. the type of thing that a lot of people who don't have ADHD use it just to to stay more focused, to do more work, to get ahead. The uh, last month for the for the GT Book Club, we talked about the Netflix documentary "Take Your Pills." And it's all about the use of ADHD medication, particularly outside of the prescribed use. So it's why people are using it. And it's, it's to get ahead. It's, it's to, to make it, make things easier. And it, there were a few people who, who they talked to on, in the movie about, uh, their use of the medication who had an actual diagnosis, but most people didn't. You know, most people in the documentary didn't, and that's something that is very, very common. Agree? Disagree?
1: Agree. Yeah. I agree, and and not not only like in my own experience with you know community college and, and university and stuff, but also that that is something that you see a lot in media representations of like the you know the <laughs> the good college kid who gets peer pressured by their. Shady college friend to be all like, oh yeah, just just take one of these pills and you'll be able to pass your finals. Just take one. That's definitely a trope.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
2: I mean, I yeah. remember watching an episode of The Fosters where there's a a set of fraternal twins, a boy and a girl, and they're they're teenagers. the The boy decides to stop taking his his ADHD medication. He really wants to give. I can't remember the exact reason why he wanted to go off of the medication, but he wanted to try um, wrestling and and sports as a way to manage his behavior. And he's able to do that. Well, his sister is taking on too much at school and decides, hey, his meds are, I know where his meds are hidden. I'm going to start taking these to focus and stay up all night and get all my work done. And it doesn't end up very well for her.
0: It probably doesn't for a lot of people, but for the other people, it works out. Right. In the short term, anyway, there's just all sorts of things that can that can happen but it, it's unfortunate that that um that that's kind of a, a big part of this uh, conversation and so i I once read a book by Daniel Amen. He says that or, or the way he he writes the book is that he identifies seven different types of ADhD and this is again just one theory, but I really like the way that he lays it out because the dsm doesn't do that the dsm doesn't have different versions of adhd and his research um he used it to kind of split people into categories as in listen all these people share these particular symptoms but there are these all these other symptoms that are extremely common in people with adhd diagnoses but they're not part of the dsm so it's harder to to, to lump people together into different categories give them different labels and therefore adjust treatment because honestly it's like it's pretty simple and straightforward, the diagnosis for ADHD in you know, the DSM. So uh, that's I, I think that's a problem too. Um, and and that that book is really interesting. And he says a lot of things in that book that I really like. Uh, kind of like uh, people are very resistant to taking their ADHD meds. He he has this analogy of wearing glasses. You know, a person with ADHD who needs medication and isn't taking it is like a person who needs glasses and isn't wearing them. <laughs> like there is, uh-huh. you know, like we're just trying to get you to 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 see with glasses right and with 2 we're just trying to get you to like that to that normal point where you can actually get stuff done and focus and and not be off the rails and i know that for me the way i feel without medication is like a car that is the wheels aren't aligned properly so it kind of like swerves off to one side or the other mm-hmm. you, ever, you ever drive a car when it's unaligned out of alignment yeah
2: no no? So <laughs> But I've seen but I've definitely seen cars that I'm like, yeah. They're they're swerving around there.
0: You're a fan of car maintenance, I see. <laughs> so
1: I am a fan of car maintenance. I think, I think that's a good analogy, Hosway. I like that. Where it's like the idea being like you have to really, really focus on holding the wheel straight to maintain the straight thing. But it's like any sort of slip up in your car's like, goodbye, I'm swerving.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am fighting with that steering wheel. It's like it wants to go this way and I'm coming this way. And even when I'm relaxed, it's like, oh yeah, it's slowly. Like I can't keep it in that lane no matter how bad I, I want to. And medication is like, I can keep that. It's like the car is in alignment, and I can I can actually stay in the lane that I want to, and switch lanes when I want to. Not switch lanes like just, just swerve because into one yeah.
1: <laughs> cause an accident
0: cut, all over the highway. <laughs>
2: cut across four lanes.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a lot of people's uh, experience is is different, and my suggestion to people is always to go get checked out. They're just, people love to throw that word around. Like, oh, you've got ADHD or that kid has ADHD. Mm-hmm. Last week, I joked with you, uh, Lara, about how, you know, if they're teenagers, uh, they have, they're oppositional divine disorder. But if they're kids, then, you know, they're ADHD. That's kind of, <laughs> teachers yeah. who don't know what they're talking about, parents <laughs> who don't know what they're talking about, physicians who don't know what they're talking about. that That's the go-to. It's, you know, oh, it's you so bring sad. that
1: up. That's actually, that is a trope too. I can think of a, um, a few examples of like the uh, the disengaged, bitter teacher being all like that kid needs to be medicated, and mm-hmm. sort of so that it is um, that you know we keep talking about over over medication um, that at least that is something that culturally we are uh, aware of at least.
0: Yeah, 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 and I could I could go on for a long time. On, <laughs> yeah. uh, like per age group <laughs> and why it's so problematic.
1: Yeah, and also gender. Gender like, too. That's a that's a big a big, yeah. A big race, one. Yeah. Also,
0: race.
2: Gender yes. is huge though because with um with boys uh, they tend to externalize and so their behaviors end up getting them in trouble. So then they get sent to the doctor. I know my wife wasn't diagnosed, I think, till high school because it was very internalized and just not. She was she wasn't focused. Not the hyperactive, but the inattentive kind of. Situation,
1: yeah. My my sister too. She didn't get diagnosed until she was an adult, and it was it was a big deal for her because she's like, it put so many things from school in perspective. Yeah. Like, oh, now that I have this diagnosis, suddenly I understand why I struggled at so many things that everybody else seemed to not struggle with at all. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, it was the same for me. I didn't get diagnosed. Since I was like 30, 29 I think.
2: And that was, was something we talked about last week, too. The the idea of a diagnosis can be limiting, but it also can be freeing and giving you a reason for why everything is happening.
0: Let me tell you about this game called Fort Parker's Crunch Out from Mega Cat Studios. Actually, I'm, I'm just going to read what's on their website. It says... Fork Parker's Crunch Out is a collaboration between Megacat Studios, Devolver Digital, and Take This for the label's first ever Super Nintendo Entertainment System release, starring the company's larger than life CFO, Fork Parker. The game aims to raise awareness of the all-too-real issue of Game Dev Crunch through a playful look at the pressures of game development, exaggerated by the menace that is a game publisher executive. Devolver Digital is donating 100% of their profits from sales to Take This to support their ongoing efforts to raise awareness and combat mental health issues. So I think this game is really cool for a few reasons. One, it's designed to create awareness about a mental health issue. Two, part of the proceeds go to support Take This. And three, it's on a freaking SNES cartridge. How cool is that? Crunch Out is up for pre-order now. You can read more about the game or pre-order a copy at megacatstudios.com. And at the time of this recording, we're giving away two Megacat games, Crunch Out on SNES and Coffee Crisis on Sega Genesis. To enter for a chance to win, visit geektherapy.com slash giveaway.
1: I really appreciate, Josue, that you shared your story and it included um, you know, going and getting second opinions and and really diving into figuring that stuff out for you. I think that's really useful to share with people.
0: So let me give you the other half of the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when I go to this, the, the first uh, ADHD expert, she's like, no, you don't have ADHD. I was like, oh, okay. She's like, what you do have is an eating disorder. It's like, well, I didn't ask you about that. <laughs> it's like, it's like you take it. I'm going to use another car analogy. It's like you take your car to the shop to, to, to change the oil and they're like, yeah, well, we, you know, we your like... brake
2: fluid is or something.
0: Rotated your tires and your brake fluid. So it's, you know, it's like, I didn't ask you to do none of that. I don't want to pay for all that. What are you doing? So it was a very uh, uncomfortable conversation. Now, just to highlight more of the diagnosis DSM bullshit,
1: <laughs> this
0: was right around the time when the DSM-4 was transitioning into the DSM-5. If I remember this correctly, and also uh, like, Laura, keep keep me honest here. Okay. I believe the diagnosis she gave me was eating disorder not otherwise specified. That classic NOS that you use yeah. when you're like, it's, it's the <laughs> clinical equivalent of a shrug, right?
1: It's like maybe. It's yeah. a maybe. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm picturing mm-hmm. that, yeah. that shrug like text emoji mm-hmm. yep, and <laughs> just yep, having yep. that printed no, no. on your sheet. <laughs> yeah.
2: It can be a shrug, but in some cases it can be a way of getting someone help who isn't Necessarily fitting all checking off all the boxes somewhere, but 90% of the time, I want to <laughs> say it's just the meh.
0: <laughs> Maybe like, I can't decide which one of the other ones, so just NOS. Um, but so this is the funny thing, uh, because she was going by the DSM 4, mm-hmm. but she knew and I knew that the DSM 5 was right around the corner. It wasn't official yet, so no one was really using it, right? It wasn't officially out. There wasn't a, We hadn't reached that date. And it so, hadn't had
2: the final like criteria for everything listed. And yeah.
0: Yep, yep, yep. So technically, what she told me was like, if we were using the DSM-5, I would give you a diagnosis of binge eating disorder because that exists within the DSM-5, but not the DSM-4. But because it doesn't, I'm going to put down <laughs> eating disorder not otherwise specified. That is the mental health field in the United States, ladies and gentlemen. That's the way it works.
2: <laughs> Although, granted, there was a real diagnosis in the DSM 5, so we're getting slightly better.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no, and, and like, so, so the reason why we, we continue to change the DSM is because, well, not we, like other people, right? But, um, the reason why it continues to evolve is because you want to include things. And so uh, binge eating was in the DSM-IV as a uh, – what's it called? Like a suggested for further research, something like that, in in the back of the book. Mm-hmm. It's like we're looking at these things. We don't know uh, what to do with it. We're we're still taking a look. And maybe in a future version it'll be – it'll have an official diagnosis. And that's one of them. That one did uh, change. So my experience with that is the, the binge eating disorder, which basically – um, i'm not reading the 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 actual diagnosis criteria the the actual symptoms but the truth is that like i'm i'm i don't know like in general speak i'm an emotional eater right when things aren't going well that's what i do i don't i don't drink i don't smoke i don't i'm not super compulsive with my shopping that depends on, on how my bank account is doing <laughs> but basically right it's a it's a food issue food has been my my go to since i was a kid when my my parents had a pretty messed up divorce when I was, when I was little, and my, my grandmother fed me <laughs> to to keep me happy. To this day, I, I still tell her. They, well, I told her many years ago that it was her fault that I was fat. And now that she is uh, very old uh, and I'm still overweight, she, she's like, oh, is it still my fault that you're overweight? <sighs> yes.
1: <I'm sighs> I still blame you.
0: <laughs> I do. I still taught, do blame her. You I taught, taught her me that I how do. to
2: eat. You taught me how to eat. I when do. Things are bad.
0: <laughs> I try to get to like, you, you essentially programmed my brain to, <laughs> to seek food whenever things were, uh, not going well. So that, so that is my experience with, again, I, I could go into more detail and it's like a lifelong thing and it's something that I struggle with all the time. And it's also something that I've never, actually gone and gotten treatment with it 's something that i that I struggle with uh, constantly, but that is my perspective um, on on eating disorders personally um, when i was when I had my practice, I always felt uncomfortable working with uh, anyone who had an eating disorder, and I always referred them out because my relationship with food is Uh, complicated you know like i'd rather not not deal with that and so of course the the most common eating disorders that we see are anorexia and bulimia and holy shit do people just use like anorexia like so casually too right like that girl's really skinny or even just like just skinnier than before it's like oh a person's anorexic or you get people call each other anorexic i don't know what 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 are your thoughts or, or or experiences with with any um eating disorder terms
2: I mean, I've seen especially teenagers throw it around or judgmental adults throwing things around about teenagers uh, who are skinny, like you said, with the she's so anorexic or like why don't you just eat something or or something? Eat a
0: cheeseburger.
2: (laughs) Right. Put some meat on those bones. Um, Yeah.
0: But like there's a difference between telling someone that they're too skinny and just calling them anorexic. Right. Right.
2: and usually I've heard it in a combination of of things like that. Um I clinically I haven't really worked with anyone or seen I don't I don't know if I've seen anyone come through our office that's had um any eating issues. Um there might be I just it, it's not the focus of of most of our work. I think I think I've seen a lot of judgmental people. I think that's generally how these terms get thrown around people that are either ignorant of what that means to someone who actually does have an eating disorder. And you never know. Those kids may. They they don't know what it means, really. Or they're, they're just ju- judging somebody. And that adds to st- stigma that we're trying to get rid of.
0: Now, there are physical signs for some of these things, but they're not like, I can't really pick them out. I'm sure there are some some doctors that are better at seeing it than others, mm-hmm. but like somebody who's super skinny, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to, I I, I don't know the signs, right. The, that would show me that the person is actually, um, super malnourished or, or anorexic or bulimic. I don't know enough about that to, to talk about that, but people, a lot of people think that they do, they know <laughs>
1: Of course. Yeah, it's like not every person with with anorexia or bulimia looks like the, you know, near-skeleton stick human. You know, there, there are fat people with anorexia and it's not something that you can just like look at somebody and be like, oh, there's somebody with anorexia or there's somebody who doesn't have anorexia. Being more considerate about about talking about you know people's weight and people's appearances and people's relationships with food, it gets it can get hairy, and we need to you know be be thoughtful and and considerate.
0: So I feel that anorexia bulimia are are represented in media way more than uh, ADHD correctly. Like when you, like when mm-hmm. someone has you see someone is anorexic on TV they're not eating when someone is bulimic onto you, like you see them throwing up. Like it's actually like they're showing those parts. Yeah. Are there any, are there any that come to mind?
2: You know, I just keep thinking about the ridiculous episode of full house. That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. With DJ, when she eats the, the water popsicles and she stops eating and she exercises and, um eventually passes out and that was i think one of the first episodes i remember that had one of those like big like kind of psa episodes where it was a real serious issue um because that was pretty early on in the show but i remember her passing out when they went to the gym and then aunt becky telling her like you gotta take care of yourself and don't listen to those girls and um I mean, and that's not necessarily like obviously it happened for like a day or two, so that's not a real anorexia diagnosis, but it is something that could have led to to an eating disorder
0: yeah there's a there's a funnier die series um the the series is called a very special episode, which is basically like these p s a episodes mm-hmm. um and there's one uh called the full house when d j almost starved starved herself to death, and like you said, it is pretty ridiculous because of how um, accelerated everything is but it was an attempt in the 90s to, to do a PSA episode on on a, a pretty serious issue. And obviously
2: and it stuck with me for like 25 years. Is that, is that about yeah, right now? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I only remember Funnier Die making fun of it but I think it's still <laughs> worth checking out just to see what we're talking about. It's better to see it fi- in five minutes than in 2023.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's hard to separate, particularly in America, but our our cultural obsession with thinness and where where the line of trying to meet social expectations becomes disordered or when you know the need for control over your own body becomes disordered and how that's related to you know social expectations and cultural expectations it's really hard to talk about this stuff without recognizing uh, how toxic our media can be towards fat people or anybody who's not you know extremely thin and has a specific body type it is something that I feel gets addressed but it's one of those things where in the media it's there's counter messaging, messaging all the time, right? You guys are talking about a, a PSA episode of a sitcom where it's focusing on like, yeah, anorexia is a serious issue and we should talk about it. And then it cuts to commercial and it shows, you know, that super horny Burger King commercial where a woman is – in a bikini and has a six pack and you know perfect glistening body while jamming a huge cheeseburger into her face and and what kind of mixed messages we get from the media we consume about social expectations and healthy bodies and that kind of stuff
0: i've never seen this commercial but i understand
1: what you're
2: saying I, i i can picture this commercial uh one show I was going to say that I think handles things well, and we've been talking most. I, I mean, no way you mentioned uh, binge eating disorder, but then the, the, we've mostly been talking about anorexia and bulimia. Um, this is us handles um, binge eating at, and and overeating pretty well uh, with the character Kate. Kate, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she goes to like Overeaters Anonymous. And, like, I don't even know if it's that. I think she, I think it's a, just a group. Um, mm-hmm. And she meets some, meets her fiancé, and I, I have not finished watching, but I already kind of know what happens this season with them getting married. Um, but I, I think that they handle it really well and talk about, there's been episodes where it talks about she eats to deal with She's always, they show it when she's young, she eats to deal with difficult emotions and she's always struggled with her weight, but then things kind of go off the rails when her dad dies yeah. and, and her issues struggling with his death. And once again, I'm not that far into it, so don't spoil anything for me. <laughs> I'm only like maybe four or five episodes into the newest season.
0: <laughs> I will not say anything.
2: But it's such a good show.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's amazing, and you're absolutely right. Like she is. You know, it's funny. Um, the character. I hope this doesn't ruin it for you, but the character of Toby, mm-hmm. he actually wears a fat suit.
2: <laughs> That's yeah.
0: awesome. Yeah, because he's he's not as big as he is on the show. He's really tall, so they kind of he's like, been losing weight right?
2: on the show. Like yeah, so they yeah. give him
0: yeah. I don't know if they, he lost so much, but they were like, no, we need to we need to f- fill it back up. Um, here's a suit. I don't know, uh, but. I've never seen a show that addressed this, and they, again the full house thing was one episode, and i don't think I don't think they mentioned the word anorexia in it right or anything no. like that they they um on on this is us you actually get um it's 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 an issue that has is going been going on for is this was this the second season second season second yeah. season, and it's mentioned
2: yeah. if not every episode almost every episode something about it is mentioned.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and she went to a like a fat camp once. I think that's what they called it, and, and had a
2: huge breakthrough. And yeah. yeah, and there's
0: also there's also a character oh, I forgot the name of the character who's in the the group, which again I don't remember if they call it Overeaters Anonymous or not. Yeah, but that she is oh, she's super skinny, super
2: skinny, and then yeah. she yeah Kate yells at her for like why are you here why are you here? Like the rest of us have so much weight on us. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: yeah, yeah. you're some
2: skinny bitch. And she's yeah. like, well, I feel fat.
0: <laughs> yeah. And she and her relationship with food is complicated also, right? Like she, she talks a little bit about that. And, and yeah, she seems to be describing probably more body dysmorphic disorder. And I'm, I'm guessing the group is like, you know, it includes all those um, mm-hmm. things together. And but yeah, like it, it's a it's a show that is dealing with this all the time and there hasn't been a resolution the only person who's actually gone to therapy on that show is kevin and, yeah and kind of had some breakthroughs i mean well technically rehab right so so he went to rehab saw a therapist and and like i wouldn't be surprised if we get not necessarily a resolution but like more explanation or more Maybe she'll gather some insights about this also. Mm-hmm. And maybe even like some, some coping behaviors that we'll be able to see on the show. And I think, I think that would be amazing. Because, uh, Lauren, like you said before, a character, I mean, a, a, well, a character or a person can look a certain way. And that isn't reflective of anything, of any type of disorder. It can be really skinny. You can be very fat. And you can, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything clinically. It's important to keep that in mind.
1: Totally. Um, I I googled video games and eating disorders. Welcome because I to was the play in, zone. I was interested. <laughs> I was interested to see if that was that was a thing, and um, I was very excited because the first hit on Google was a TakeThis.org dot article. Mm-hmm. Um, who we love, we love Take This. They're great, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but they have a list of a couple of really neat indie games that. Are very personal by the um, whoever you know made the game, sort of addressing their own history with with eating disorders and disordered eating in general. Um, what are the games? Let's see. We've got M- M- Mangia Mangia by Nina Freeman, which is a um, a text based. Uh, I think it's a Twine game. Stop me if you've heard this one before by Caitlin Tremblay, which is also uh, a text text game. Then uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Jenny, Jenny Zhao Sa. I'm not positive how to pronounce her name. I apologize if I mispronounce that. Um, she's she's really cool. But she's got a game called consume me. Um, and it's it's really cute art style. You have different food blocks in sort of various um, tetris e shapes and you have to get you know a quote unquote balanced diet on on a plate where you, these weird shaped blocks ha- fall onto it and you have to balance it but sort of uh, through this this sort of silly game mechanic looking at, you know, th- this obsession with thinking about, y- your whole day is spent thinking about, you know, cal- ca- counting calories and, um, you know, hitting all of your your workouts and making sure that, you know, you never mess up, you never misstep, you never eat an extra thing because that would be, like, critical failure. But, you know, play- played through this cutesy art style. And then there's a couple more on this list, but I don't want to... Just keep reading it <laughs> I'll let you guys look it up. You
0: know, so One of the most difficult things about having a complicated relationship with food is that you have to eat.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so it's hard <laughs> to uh, do things too differently. But It's
1: not you...
2: like you can go cold turkey.
0: You cannot go cold turkey <laughs> on food. Yep. Uh, you cannot. And... So the game you were just describing, it, it got me thinking, well, these are things we don't think about, right? We just, we don't think about the effect that just eating can have on someone who has difficulty with food. I don't know, like trying to bring some attention or, or some, and, and some intention into to that, uh, the idea, just the way we think about food. We're not going to do it now, but but I kind of want to have like a a, a body image uh, discussion maybe at some point. And... Um, I was thinking about the show Girls on HBO. Have you ever watched that show?
1: Yeah, I have not.
0: So, so I think, you know, Hannah, like, she's, like, naked all the time on that show.
2: Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? And there's, there's um, like, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, like, body positivity. Like, it doesn't matter um, what your body's like. Like, yeah, like, she's, like, naked on the show all the time. That's fantastic. But the show has um touched on occasion, and there was one scene in particular that actually really affected the way I see food it was a there was a scene when Hannah and Adam are are talking, and Adam just like in a very adam driver way, just I don't know where is like do you for fun or fuel and she was like caught off guard, Oh, I don't remember what she said if she said like both or or, or fun <laughs> or what it was yeah. uh but I know that that question stayed with me for a long time. I was like. I never think about that. Like I, I, I it, that is like core to my problem. <laughs> but I really like I wasn't. I think I completely like had lost sight of the fact that food is fuel. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, like no, like I, I eat food because it's fun. I don't know. It, it really it, it has affected me a lot. And I hear Adam Driver's voice in my head all the time asking me, <laughs> "Do you eat for for fun or for fuel?" Thank you, Kylo Ren.
2: I was gonna say, <laughs> is it in the Kylo Ren voice? Because this is be pre Kylo
0: Ren, but it's the same voice. There isn't yeah. a different. It's no, Adam Driver. Yeah.
2: D- yes, there is a different voice. He wears that mask.
0: Though. Oh, you mean like, like <laughs> you mean like ba- like Bane voice? No, <laughs> no, it's a, uh, it's 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 without the mask. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh.
0: Let's dip into the question queue real quick.
1: What? question queue. How do How do people find the question queue, Josue?
0: That's an excellent question. For anyone who has been confused in the past, this is why we we always uh, want to be very clear on how to uh, ask a question using our question queue. So you can visit geektherapy.com slash QQ spelled QQ, the letter Q after the letter Q. Geektherapy.com slash QQ. QQ stands for question queue.
1: <laughs> I really <laughs>
2: want to take a poll and see if anyone is actually confused about
0: Q Q. My understanding is there has only ever been one person it's who was confused about that.
1: <laughs> it's <all late. laughs>
0: And we want to make sure he never gets confused again.
1: Honestly, so- I just like hearing you say the word Q over and over to the point that it loses all meaning. Q Q Q
0: Q Q. You can use the question Q just like John Ramos did, and he asks, "What do you make of people who think that bulimia equals purging behavior and anorexia equals fasting behavior?" When both behaviors can be seen in both diseases,
2: I think they need to do some research.
0: So Jan <laughs> is a, a is a medical student. He is the one who um, mentioned on Twitter that Lara was right about the Whipple. Yeah, <laughs> He knows more about this than than we do. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know enough about uh, the different diagnoses to. To weigh in here.
1: From my understanding, the the biggest, and, and granted, this is all from like undergrad courses. so big old grain of salt here. but the the biggest difference is that bulimia includes um, the binging aspect. Uh, So it's sort of cyclical binging and then purging and anorexia. While those can be a part of it, it generally leans more towards um, just total cessation of eating and perhaps an increase in exercising
0: as well. So I think I'm going to put this in the kind of lump that together with what we're talking about ADHD, how it's, it's one diagnosis that can be different things. Like it can be with or without the thing that's in the title of the word. Um, I think these are two words that are two, two eating disorders that are often related and, and just misunderstood by, by people generally. Like, like what you said, I mean, it, how often do we see it portrayed in the media and someone stops, looks at the camera and takes the time to explain the differences. You know, we don't, Unfortunately, in media, the, the time isn't taken for that kind of thing. So I, I think people are going to be continue to misuse them and, and confuse them because we're lazy. Like Lara, like you said, like people need to look it up. I should have looked it up.
2: <laughs> right? There's, there's Google. There is Google, and sometimes Google isn't right because it's the internet, but there are valid places that you can find information on Google.
0: I studied this too, but it's been many, many years, and I never worked with people with eating disorders, so it's not something that I think about um, on, on that end. I think about my own, but not uh, bulimia or anorexia. Ma- so. Maybe
2: I'll let you know once I start digging into studying for my licensure this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to learn <laughs> everything, all of it, all yeah. over again.
0: So Jen also asks, um, have you seen To the Bones with Keanu Reeves? That's the the movie on Netflix.
1: No. Um,
0: and if so, what do you feel about its portrayal of eating disorders? Have any of you seen it?
1: I don't think any of us have seen it.
2: It's no, on, it's on my it list of things to watch, which is very long. And lately I've been trying to watch things. I mean, I watch things and and pull mental health things out of it just because that's how my brain works. But mm-hmm. lately I've been trying to... Avoid do mental health topics. Gotcha. At, yeah. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Keanu Reeves is my spirit animal. So that movie is <laughs> on my list. I will watch it um, very soon. Uh, but that's it for the question queue. And I think that's it for this episode.
2: Wow. Once again, Ollie is gone.
0: And we've been to Shirley. We've been to um, whether or not he will do uh, Ali Rant's mini episodes in between episodes is still remains to be seen.
2: I really want him to listen to this and, and rant at us on the Slack like he did
1: about the anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part is when he says that he agrees with me.
0: <laughs> yeah, whatever.
1: <laughs> Hashtag Lara was right. And hashtag Hosway was right.
2: I don't know about Lauren. Ha- we haven't maybe. we
1: haven't gotten to a hashtag point yet. I've never been that right. Hosway <laughs> <laughs> made up his hashtag when he was only a little bit
0: right. So I love it. Lauren's never that right. <laughs> oh, okay, so. Thank you for listening to GT Radio. Um again we're continuing our month long look at different uh ADHD ADHD, at different mental health words and this one was a little personal for me so I focused more on that than actual the the media representation and stuff just cuz uh at least especially with ADHD I don't think that ever really well represented. I'm sure there are examples. Um and there are there are characters that I think represent aspects of it uh, well and particular symptoms but i don't recall any movie that's like oh you know or, or a tv show where it's like oh yeah this person has adhd this is the way they're it's kind of boring like if they're taking medication there shouldn't be any you know like their symptoms should be minimal so then right. there's no drama there and then <laughs> and then you take them off the medication and then i don't know then they're just like every other character that is um pissing somebody off i don't know
2: but e- but even then even if it's bad representation media still matters
0: it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, there's like, but like ADHD is one that's just like everywhere, right? It's like that, they, that word is just used synonymously You're with so ADD. misbehavior. Yeah, yeah. With misbehavior or like being spaced out or being distracted. Next week, we'll be tackling depression and Ali should be back. So that one should be two hours long. Should be good.
1: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited.
0: Send your questions in now to the question queue, geektherapy.com slash QQ. If you can find more episodes at geektherapy.com, find us on Twitter, at Geek Therapy. I'm at Josue Cardona. Lara is at Geek Therapist. Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur. We're currently fundraising on our Twitch channel for Anxiety Gaming, so go to twitch.tv slash geektherapy to follow us on on Twitch. And actually, for the next week, you can find all of our streams uh, by visiting geektherapy.com slash AG, AG for Anxiety Gaming, and it'll take you to a special page on a fundraising platform where you could donate there uh, to Anxiety Gaming that does a lot of great work connecting gamers to mental health services and with the money that they raise, they actually help people pay for those services. It's a fantastic organization. And Lauren, you mentioned Take This earlier, Take This We Love Also, um, our giveaway for this, for this week, for Gaming Week. Um, one of those games is... Designed to talk about uh, dev crunch um, in in video game development, and the the game was designed um, in collaboration uh, with a few different studios, and I believe Take This was involved. And proceeds from the sales of that game go to Take This to further their efforts in creating awareness for for mental health issues and doing things like the AFK room at different gaming events and. You've probably heard the ad already, but you can go to uh, megacatstudios.com to learn more about the game. It's called Crunch Out, and you can enter to win right now by visiting geektherapy.com slash giveaway. All right, I think that's all the announcements um, for this week. This is a busy month.
2: It's been a busy month.
0: It has, it has. All right, thank you everybody for, for joining us, and we'll be back next week. Bye. You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com geektherapy.